So the big question is, how do healthcare experts like you generate more income, impact more people, and create businesses that work around their lifestyle and serve their family? If you want the answer to that question, then you're in the right place at the right time. Whether you are a physical therapist, a dietitian, an occupational therapist, a chiropractor, MD, or other healthcare expert, this is for you. My name is Javier Carlin, and welcome to Healthcare Business Radio. Join me and follow along as I learn, apply, and share the top business growth strategies that I'm currently using to grow my own business and to help you grow yours, using only the best insights and advice from top industry leaders. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome to Healthcare Business Radio. This is your host, Dr. Javier Carlin. And today I'm excited to bring you a very special guest. Her name is Libby Rothschild. Libby is a dietitian and a business coach who has built a seven-figure business without ads in the first 16 months of being full-time. Her business is only three years old and she's helped multiple clients grow from zero to six figures. Welcome, Libby. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Happy to be able to chat all things business. I love it. I love it. My favorite thing to talk about. So (laughs) Livy, would you mind sharing a little bit with everyone about your background and how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. So as you had mentioned, I'm a trained clinical dietitian. I've got my master's degree in in clinical nutrition. Uh, And with that background, uh, being so passionate about helping people and loving nutrition, I saw after working in the field uh, in my clinical office, I call it my windowless, dreary clinical office after five years, I had felt uh, that I was underpaid and overworked. And so I decided to make a change. And I I took uh, a step to teach to make extra money. And then finally went on social media to share my story and find out other dietitians who might also be creating alternative revenue streams. I was just determined to find other people like me because the people in my immediate circle, people from school, everybody just went straight into clinical and I didn't see people innovating. And so I I tried really hard and it took me a while to find this, this market of people. And the, to my surprise, I didn't really find them. I created them. And so from me being online on, I used Instagram primarily, this was back a few years ago. I was just telling Javier before we even had stories as a feature on Instagram I just connected with other dietitians just simply through the hashtag dietitians, right? And put myself out there, showed my face every day, which is what I teach now. And uh, connected with dietitians who just after a few weeks of being on social asked me if they could pay me and if I could help them tell their story the way I had so they could find income opportunities. My third client ever uh, went created a multi six figure business, meaning zero to f- like two hundred and fifty thousand her first year. Uh, my seventh client, my tenth client, like I had multiple heavy hitters. My first ten twenty clients that went from zero to multiple six figures, and I had so much success by helping dietitians learn how to show themselves, stand out, and position themselves on social media, specifically Instagram. I turned my vision and how I help people as a coach into a method. And now this method is the dietitian boss method. I've got a program. I have a staff of seven. I have coaches that are trained. I have specialists on my team. And we help dietitians who start and grow their virtual practice. So all the way from people who are looking to get started still in school or those that are just fresh out. Um, or maybe they've been in the field and clinical and they, they want to start their business on the side um, all the way to those who have an existing business and are looking to ramp up, looking to create multiple revenue streams, looking to work less and stop working in their business and doing the day-to-day and really learn how to hire and manage and staff up so that they can ultimately create more profits and then create more of an impact by leveraging modern ways that we communicate, which is social media. Because... Let's face it, you know, if people are looking for solutions with decreasing their A1C or they want to lose weight, they want to find food freedom, they want to, you know, understand how they can manage their chronic kidney disease, their chronic bloat management, they're going to be searching on social media, whether it's Facebook 
or Instagram. And if we don't pop up as experts in the healthcare field, somebody else will. And so we're really doing a disservice to, um, to what we represent as health healthcare professionals, specifically dietitians, if we're not positioning ourselves as experts and we're not showing up. So I feel really passionately about helping dietitians and I feel really confident in our ability to do so with the, our trademark methodology that served over a thousand dietitians in the last three years of, of being in business. That is amazing. And I, I love that, you know, every, every piece of that is, is it just epic? And I have a lot of questions, <laughs> um, but I, th- I think the, the coolest part and, and what I, I feel so strongly about as well is the fact that, you know, there are, you know, influencers and, and, you know, people out there who uh, either claim to, to do what we do, right. As healthcare professionals and the craziest piece is that we're so educated. We have all this knowledge Right. But we don't understand most most healthcare professionals, most of, the, of us, because we weren't trained in it, don't understand how to put ourselves out there. And I love that show your face campaign. Uh, and it's not, it's because I was, I was looking through your stories earlier. I'm like, oh, show your face, show your face. I'm like, that is so important. Right. It's so simple, but it's, it's so key. Uh, and I think that's that's so neat um, that you're you, you really stress the importance of that, because we have so many people out there that are looking for help that are suffering with with so many different types of problems. And who better than, uh, you know, expert healthcare professionals to to help them solve it. Right. Uh, so that that's amazing. So I'm curious. I know you, you've had, you know, over a thousand uh, clients work with you through your programs um, and you've had some very successful ones. Like what is the difference between those dietitians who are are successful and very successful and get what they want and those who who don't because i i've seen some differences in that so i'm curious what you've seen yeah so so firstly excellent question great way to kick off the episode i'm really glad you asked this i wish more people asked me this um the key to success is consistency and so the most successful clients that we've worked with show up And they get started before they're ready and they put their face out there on days where they're not wearing makeup, where they don't feel great. Um, Not to say you can't take a Sunday off and have some time with your partner or to yourself. Um, We're not talking about the um, circumstances every once in a while. I'm talking about the common um, kind of way that you set up your week. And it's important as an entrepreneur and as an influencer in the sense of you helping change people's lives, because that's what our, our clients transform people's lives. And so if you really want to step into that role and position yourself as an expert, you have to show up. So everything starts first and foremost with being consistent and and following a strategy and being able to tweak how you're able to position yourself in order to attract clients, which is what we show you how to do. That can come with some time and some adjustments, right? You might need to define your business a little bit more, modify your approach, That's harder to do if you don't show up consistently and it's easier to pivot if you're putting yourself in a position where you're constantly out there building rapport, building that know, like, and trust. So I would say there's nothing more important than showing your face, even if you're still figuring yourself out versus you waiting until you perfectly have things aligned, which is what a lot of healthcare practitioners do as perfectionists is we want things to be perfect, but that's not going to happen. You have to be able to learn how to, how to fail make mistakes, accept that people won't agree with you and show up on days where, where it's not optimum. And so I can't tell you how many times I have to walk through clients with these mindset issues about being consistent. And it's not just true for those of you who haven't started yet. It could be as simple as you showing your face, right? Showing your face, you can start with two times a week, build it up to three times a week, and then go to, um, let's say six times a week, right? If you want to take a day off. But it's true at the beginning phase, if you're just getting started. And it's also true when you're ramping up, if you're stuck in your business or like a lot of our clients, uh, they might be uh, selling a service where they're not really scaling. So they'll be doing a ton of one-on-one sessions and they don't have an offer like a group program, a membership, a course, any type of scalable revenue where they can make more you know, money, make more for their unit of time than if they were just to be stacking one-on-ones all day, which we don't teach because that doesn't make sense. And you can't help more people if you're just doing the one-on-one model primarily. Like I understand if you keep a few one-on-ones, but Uh, For the clients that are feeling stuck with that model and they don't know how to shift um, their issue, and if it's not showing showing up consistently, it's really not having the shiny object syndrome. So another way that I see a lot of um, entrepreneurs failing, um, this happens at all levels, but more so for, for people who are already making money 
and bringing in revenue and you want to dial it in and double down, you want to increase your profits, you want to get more consistent, you want to go from 10 to 20, you want to go from 20 to 50, you want to hit a million, you want to exceed a million, you want to build a team, um, you have to focus. And so I do see a lot of people, it's, it's mind boggling to me how people are thinking that every task is created equal when it's not. So really being able to define uh, that 80-20 approach. So what are what 20% of your efforts are leading to 80% of the results and really doubling down on that. And, and that is essentially um, avoiding that shiny object syndrome. So changing your mind every other day, thinking that you have to offer what Jenny offers because Jenny's offering it, um, making a decision that's not based on data, but that's based on kind of how you're feeling all the time. So those, those kinds of issues, uh, um, I would say, are what can hold you back from success. Um, but primarily, it's the consistency um, as you progress, it would be the shiny object syndrome. And then um, I would also say a big piece of people not succeeding um, that is not talked about enough uh, is having that clear motivation and a practice to really bake that in. So a lot, that's where we start is getting clear with your mindset. And for some people, it's more obvious than others. And so there's a lot of comparison with this. So I just want to, you know... Uh, put that to bed as well, that just because let's say one of my clients, uh, Britton Coleman, her uh, brother has autism, right? And so she's autism dietitian. That's what she represents. And her why and her motivation is largely based in mental health and nutrition. And that's beautiful. And that's super clear, right? Where I've got another uh, past client who uh, does PCOS weight loss, and she lost over 20 pounds by going gluten-free and dairy-free. And now she's, she helps women do that in her successful membership. These women are both multi-six-figure earners. And so their motivation based in their experience is more clear. And it's really a personal thing for them as well as it is a business thing for their success. And that's not true for everybody, but whatever your specific situation is, I think it's important to just go back to what's important to you. Why are you doing this? What inspires you? Because not every day is going to be easy and uh, not every day is going to go how you planned um, as an entrepreneur. And so I think it's really important to go back to your, why are you doing this and really focus on your mindset and shifting experiences that might not have turned out the way you want them to, to a learning opportunity. And so the most successful clients I see are constantly noticing their mindset, adjusting it, and then they're writing things on the wall, whether it's their goals or affirmations, and they're able to define and articulate their why fluidly, whether it's in an interview, it's in a caption, it's in some copy. Um, so they're very well defined as a business entity and that sets them apart and helps them succeed and helps them change more lives. Amazing. Amazing. And um, I, I can just tell how aligned you are with your message because I actually saw one of your in infographics. I think it was today or yesterday. And the first thing is, is know your message. Right. Well, and, and that and the message is, is so many different pieces, right? It's the message you put out there, but also the internal message that you have and the, and the things that you tell yourself every single day. Uh, so I, that that's incredible. I, and I know this is a loaded question. So for, for someone that has is having mindset troubles and I feel like we all do, it's just the different levels of it. Right. How, how do you how do you manage that and what what recommendations do you have for people that are dealing with inconsistency with shiny object syndrome with uh, a lack of motivation right where, where where do they start yeah uh probably one step at a time uh so when it comes to mindset i feel i mean i believe you can read all the books and study all, all the entrepreneurs and and they will say that the number one key to success is mindset even over skill um, because if you believe it and you want it and you train yourself to overcome, you can really truly do anything. Um, so I, I, I do believe that and I see it um, at, with our clients and I see it with myself, right? So I am a clinically trained dietitian and I now have a team and I run a million dollar business. I took zero business school lessons. I didn't have any training formally in any of the things that I do. I learned it and applied it and got results. And I, I do what I teach. I adopt an 80-20 mentality. Um, I don't use all of the platforms. I haven't done paid ads yet. I do what works. I do it consistently. And I modify and tweak as the brand and business evolves to meet the needs of our customers. And that's what I teach our clients how to do as well. And it really does eliminate that overwhelm. Um, so to go back to what you had initially said, um, you, you asked me, was it about mindset or can you restate the question? Yeah. So it was basically for, for those that do have 
you know, the, those mindset battles and internally they're, they're, it's kind of hard for them to move forward. Like, um, how do you recommend that they, where they, where do they start in, in getting past that or. Yeah. yeah. So, so I would say, uh, let's take two examples, mindset mm-hmm. issues for a beginner and then mindset issues for somebody who's more advanced making money, but for some reason is stuck. Maybe he or she can't get up past that 10 K hump, or maybe he or she's got um, a lot of stacking those one-on-ones, right? And she just doesn't have a scalable offer. So there's some kind of block getting her to the next level. So I'll give you two case scenarios for those situations, starting with uh, the beginner. And then, and then I'll dive deep into the more, um, let's call intermediate um, example. So for the beginner, what we commonly see in our program, because we've got two programs and program for those are, I hate to use the word beginner because they're not all beginners. They're just new at learning client attraction, using social media to set up their business to scale from the beginning, meaning creating an an offer that makes sense and putting marketing first. It's like a core principle of my model is you have to put marketing first to understand what people want. And and without clients, you have no business. So I see people uh, trying to focus on getting their offer perfect. Again, you don't don't have clients, your offer doesn't matter. So you got to get the clients first is our philosophy. Um, So when clients are our clients are coming to the program, right? Dietitians, and they need the, the foundational framework. I think what's important would be getting really clear with where you're at now and identifying your current struggles, which is going to take some reflection, which is really challenging because a lot of us are not even aware of our own self-talk. And so creating an environment for you as an entrepreneur, whether you're beginning or advanced, which we'll get to in a moment, is really important. So I know you mentioned earlier that you know networking, getting a mentor, things like that are important to you. They couldn't be more important to an entrepreneur who's just starting out. So what we do is we frame a group experience. So you're learning from other like-minded people who are laying down that foundational framework. And you can vibe off of other people who also want the same thing and learn from one another and you grow together. And so you're identifying and reflecting on your mindset because you're seeing somebody in the program who's also going through similar struggles. Now, maybe they have a slightly varied experience. Maybe they're better at consistency where you might be more confident with your ability to coach, right? So you kind of have different skill sets, but you still are on that path of formalizing how client attraction can be baked into your, uh, you know, daily uh, kind of um, system, right? And so I think what's important is to number one, reflect. Um, and what that can look like is talking about it, identifying it, speaking it. And I'm really big on like, put it on the wall, right? And so make sure that you are clear with what your barriers are and put yourself in an environment to identify that. Number two, so number one is reflecting and acknowledging. Number two is, is putting yourself in an environment. And so I think group is even more powerful because if you think you want to go right away to like private coaching to get started, it, it is pretty isolating. So I think when you're with a group of other people, but they're also focusing on a growth-oriented mindset, it can help move you forward. But you do have to be particular about that that group, right? Because I, I think that um, it's not enough to just find people. You have to find people who are super aligned. Um, so reflecting, being in the right environment to foster growth. And then the third um, uh, tip or step would be shifting your mindset. So I recommend a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. She's a PhD and the, um, she's got a model in the book that talks about fixed versus growth mindset and shifting from a thought or an assumption um, that is what she calls fixed or negative, right? And shifting that to something of abundance and practicing that technique is hugely important. But if you don't follow my recommendations in sequence, it's going to be hard to even identify that. And if you're lacking a support group who's in that same type of mind frame, you might not catch it and shift it, right? So that's why, again, that order of recommendations is number one, you got to reflect and identify. Number two, find an aligned group of people who are on that same trajectory. And then finally, being able to identify and shift your mindset. For example, I can't show my face. I have nothing to say, right? If you're a beginner, that might be something common on social, right? Whether you're doing a story on YouTube or you're showing your face on Instagram or you're putting yourself out there on Facebook, whatever platform doesn't matter. If that's the story you're telling yourself and that's very fixed, you want to identify that you said that and acknowledge your own thoughts that you're verbalizing and shift that to something more positive, such as, you know, I am capable of showing my face and me starting off by sharing something of my day, even if it's me eating a piece of broccoli 
is better than me saying nothing because there's no faster way to individualize who I am and how I stand out in this world than by sharing a piece of who I am and building on it, right? So that would be an example of going from fixed to growth for a beginner um, in the order of operations. For somebody who's more advanced, if um, he or she is looking for a mindset shift, I would say it's something similar, but those issues are going to be uh, let's assume that they're going to be higher level, right? So once you're able to get over that hurdle of showing your face, being consistent, overcoming the haters, because no matter what you do or sell, people will disagree. And the sooner that you can come up with some kind of a mechanism for that and take the emotion out of it and just continue to move forward. And, and remember, going back to your why, why am I doing this? What's the motivation that's going to be stronger than somebody who disagrees with your you know, dietary recommendations or your philosophy about A, B, and C? So for those who I'm going to use an example of one of our current clients, um, Priscilla Blevins, who wants to become a millionaire and she's in our executive program and she started out making, I want to say a few hundred dollars in her clinical job. And now she makes 20K a month and I believe a year she's been in the program and she's done incredible work of growing very fast. And her mindset is fire because to even just articulate and there's no judgment, whatever your goal is, if it's not a million dollars. Uh, you're not going to get sent away from me, uh, so to speak. But like, it's really cool to have a quantifiable goal. Most people say six figures. You can always change it. But what I love about the example of Priscilla that I'm about to share is keep in mind, she's got a really strong mindset. So she's constantly in our program identifying something she's saying that is fixed and shifting it. Of course, I have to remind her, right? But I'm noticing that she's doing that. And that there's a lot of growth when you have the ability. You're guided, right? Because you're with like-minded people, but then you're identifying and shifting. And those are transferable skills that'll help you with your soft skills across the board and with your clients and your programs and your services, right? So Priscilla wants to be able to scale and uh, to create a million dollars. I mean, you have to, right? Well, I mean, there's a few different ways to do it. Uh, you don't have to do it uh, the same way, but the way I teach without killing yourself or charging a hundred thousand dollars a person, which you could do is she wants to, you know, have coaches under her methodology. She does keto, she follows the ketogenic method. She teaches that. So she's got the keto girl method and she's getting her method clear and hiring coaches. And so one of her questions in the most recent group call um, in our program, executive program is, you know, what's the best way to strategically create coaches under my methodology and have them coach our clients so that I can duplicate and replicate myself and help more people. Right. And some of you might be listening and thinking like, wow, that's so far off. That's crazy. I don't know if I could do that. I couldn't let go. I couldn't trust them. And, and I get it. Like those are all really common fears, but I want, I wanted to share with you that only a year ago, Priscilla worked in a clinical office and she's already at the point where we're working through how to tactically get her coaches who can help replicate who she is and scale her program. And that's an example of her mindset. She came to the call asking, how can I frame this out? What would it look like? What am I not seeing? How do I help serve more people? And in a way where I can be positioned to deliver what I'm best at and then train others to do the same. And she came prepared with that question and that topic already with a very growth oriented mindset. And anytime I give her feedback, she just completely understands and receives it and takes a moment to process it. And it's helped her progress. So I would say where that first example I gave of the beginner was more of like, okay, they say something fixed and it's shifted for someone who's in, in this example advanced, she's already identifying her behaviors and she's already shifting it. And to, she's more successful faster because she's taking that time outside of our calls and she's doing her work and she's doing her self-work and her reflection on her own and she's bringing her A game. And so every time I give her a suggestion, she follows my framework, she's doing it to the T and so well that she's on track. She's increased her prices, she's exceeded her goals, and now she's literally duplicating herself. And so it's really um, easy uh, to be able to help people who are willing to help themselves and who are able to identify their mindset and, and um, really just shift it to something positive so that they can help themselves, right? So it's really hard to help clients who don't want to help themselves. And it's really rewarding for us and for our team when we have clients and we teach them how to be prepared on a call so they can receive what we're going to deliver to help them with whatever their goal is. I gave an example of a million dollars, but I got examples of other clients who have, you know, they've got a mixed bag of offers from group coaching to memberships to, you know, limited privates, et cetera. Wow. I took so many notes. So, so much gold, so much gold. And um, 
I, I love that we're, we're talking a lot about mindset because as you mentioned, it, in my opinion too, it's, it's a prerequisite to success in any area of life, right? Not even just business, but relationships, social, career, fine, everywhere. Uh, and I think, um, you know, breaking down the, the initial pieces for the beginner stage, what I, what I got from it was the first step is awareness, right? Having that self-awareness and reflecting on it and putting it out on paper or in your case on a wall, which I love. I have stuff all over the walls and on my table too. <laughs> uh, number two is a belief, right? So the group coaching and being around like-minded people gives you the belief at all levels, right? Those who are just starting off, but those that are up here gives you the belief, wait a second, this is actually possible. And if it's possible for them, well, then it's possible for me. And now the sky's the limit. It's like, whoa, this is a whole new world. And when we're able to, another word for what I guess would be environmental exposure, right? When we're exposed to this new environment, it's like, wait a second, I've been, I've been dreaming too small. If I've been even dreaming at all, uh, which is, which is again, a, a powerful place to be in. Uh, and the, the third piece uh, that I wrote down was basically the, the story that you're telling yourself, right? The story, whether, and, and the craziest thing about the stories that we make up in our minds, whether it's, Oh, what if all this bad stuff happens or what if all this great stuff happens, both stories are made up, right? So if we're able to make up these stories in our mind, why don't we make up stories that empower us, that get us excited to actually take action on the things that we desire. And ultimately guess what? You get the things that you, that you really, really desire. So, um, so much gold. And just to clarify, like Libby, you know, as we mentioned in the beginning, it has a, a million dollar a year business, right? And if we're stressing so much the importance of mindset here, it's because it's really, really important. So many people just brush it off. Oh yeah, I know. I've heard that before, right? This is it. This is really it, guys. So um, I hope you're taking notes because I'm taking notes. <laughs> and uh, Libby, just, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. That's, that's big. So... Yeah. So can you, can you tell me, um, and I, I always, I always preface this question because I, I know we probably share a similar view on, on failure, right. And, and what failure actually is. Um, but for, for, for those that are listening, what in, from your perspective, what's been the biggest quote unquote failure, um, that you've experienced and, and what did you learn from it? Uh, what, what was the last piece? What was the biggest failure I've experienced? And then what, and what did you learn from the failure? Yeah. Uh, so I got a lot of failures for all the time that yeah. happen. And um, one of my uh, heroes, Sarah Blakely, who created Sphinx, uh, she said that she like acknowledges failure. And a part of her company culture is that she makes sure that her staff talks about that all the time and how failures can help you, which I think is a great um, frame of mind. Again, if we're talking about mindset, to look at failure as a good thing. Right. And, and it's all, again, about shifting and, and using that mindset to acknowledge the opportunities. Um, so if you look at my biggest failures, they're, they're truly my biggest success. So one of my biggest failures was um, being denied a raise. Um, also, uh, I would say that and then feeling like no matter what I did, nutrition just wasn't seen as important in my hospital. And so therefore, my role wasn't seen as important. And no matter what I tried to do and all of my efforts as a clinician was met with um, basically just check the box and show up. Right. And so like at being a dedicated heart centered clinician is really hard to hear that and feel that. And so I would say feeling, I felt like I failed as a clinician because I felt like I didn't matter. And it led me to use social media as a tool because I wanted to find and connect with other people who were like-minded. And so I would say one of my biggest failures as a clinician was feeling like I wasn't seen and heard. And it you know, motivated and prompted me to create um, a business, which is not just successful in terms of revenue um, and profitability and speed, which, which those are all markers, but also truly it's, it's the women that we've transformed, right? And it's the lives that we've been able to, to give hope to and being able to help people feed their families. We've got clients that send their uh, families in Venezuela money. They've, um, buy horses. They set bigger goals. They give back to philanthropy. We've got clients that are able to pay for their kids to go to private school because of the money they're able to make and the lives they're able to transform. And that to me is like really, really, it feels really good to be able to create a methodology that's led to so many people at various levels 
people are able to find success in different specialties at different stages, whether they're just you know starting and they're getting their business off the ground or whether they're finally finding a way to balance and manage their staff and scale and hire their first employee or get contractors to work in a, in a team environment and really help um, double down on, on their messaging and help them serve more people. Um, so I would say my biggest failure as a clinician of being not seen and heard and being underpaid and underappreciated was being motivated to bring my idea and disrupt the field of nutrition and show us that as a field, it's possible to create more private practitioners. Um, I'm not saying less clinicians because we always, you know, we're going to need clinical dietitians, but I, my, you know, the, the, mission of dietitian boss is to create more private practitioners. Um, stats in our field show there's anywhere from three to 10% that own a business. And that's really small considering the fact that we all know consumers have a lot of health issues and whatever the outcomes are, whether it's weight, chronic disease management, or whether it's eating disorder, whatever, or any kind of combination of the two. If you look at the stats and only 10% of 90,000 um, people in America, there's 90,000 dietitians in America three to 10% of them own their own business. There's not enough of us to help consumers. And if we don't do it, somebody else will. So I think it's um, my biggest failure has helped me become innovative and help more people. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I think, um, so, so I'm, I'm curious, like, was that, was that when, when you were experiencing it, right? Um, Cause now it's like the, the perspective from, from, you know, from that point where, there was a, a lot of frustration in that position that you were in, right? How, how did you deal with it at that time? Cause I know now looking back at it, it's like, you know what, like that was, that was it. Right. I'm so grateful for that. Cause I've had several failures, right. Where I'm like, I, I'm so happy that that happened. Otherwise I wouldn't be in the position that I am today. How did you, how, what was it like, like while you were going through it? You mean, before I started my business or during starting my business? So, so kind of like, you know, when, when, when you were experiencing those, those frustrations and when you're feeling underappreciated, underpaid, yeah. um, what was going through your mind then? Cause I know for a lot of people that are currently going through that right now, it's hard for them to see how is this actually helping me? How is yeah. this beneficial? Right. Sure. So, yeah. So I'm curious, yeah. What was going on in your mind at that time? So what was going on in my mind was uh, a lot of negative mindset and self-doubt. And uh, what helped me is exactly what we talked about earlier that I teach my clients. And that's putting myself first and foremost in a community of like-minded people. And so even though statistically speaking, and like I said, in, in my community and in my hospital, I didn't find any dietitians who were creating outside work and money. So I was like, all right, let me just zoom out a little bit and find humans who are doing entrepreneurial things. And so I did everything I could just put myself in an environment where I felt hopeful and I felt like my work mattered. And then it, it built from there. So just taking those small steps and then putting myself in a position and in an environment. And then from there, identifying and acknowledging my barriers helped me um, progress and, and have the ability to show my face consistently. And it really just all, all went uphill from there. Yeah. Did, did you have, um, did you, did you find a, a mentor or a coach at that time in the earlier stages or did you figure did, it out? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I did. And I did actually a, a, a small like group program. It was a, a trial and I also had a private coach, um, both great experiences. The private coach is a, a dietitian business coach. Her name is Amy Soward. She's awesome. She teaches like a course in motivational interviewing. Uh, we, you know, we've become friends she was my first business coach. And then I did a um, almost like a mastermind type of thing for speaking for dietitians. I don't think that's still a thing. But what I loved about that, um, even though the private coaching was really cool to be able to, to chat. And like I said earlier, is that being in a group is really powerful. And I, that's why I'm in a group now with millionaires. I'm in two groups for millionaires because I got to be around people like me. And I'm... I, truly believe that for dietitians and healthcare practitioners to succeed being in a group with people around your level. And again, you know, that's going to differ the way I frame it in our program is like, if you need to meet the competencies of foundational framework for client attraction, you go in this group. And if you're already making money, right. And you want to double down on that and you want to manage staff. And um, although you don't have to make a certain dollar amount, if you've met the competencies of client attraction by social 
and you're looking at managing and creating processes and scaling, then you would qualify for my higher level group. So like those are, that's an example of like, where should I go as far as a group? Some somewhere aligned with the next phase of your life that you want to be in. Um, being with like-minded people is very, very, very powerful. So I'm not like, although private coaching has definitely its role and I think it's helpful and I've had good experiences. I've had a ton of growth by being with similar people um, as we're along our journey to meet those competencies and support one another, especially in the virtual world and especially during COVID. Um, so I'm, I'm a big, big, big believer in practicing what I preach, which is why I'm in two groups for millionaires, the same way that I tell my clients um, to be in our group for their level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, forgot who I heard this, uh, who, who I heard that said this, but a coach who doesn't have a coach doesn't deserve to be your coach. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's so true. It's so true. So, um, yeah. And I would also say that um, I, I like the gist of that, but like yeah. what I think it's, it's just self-development. So yeah. whether you have a coach or you're in a mastermind or a group, some outlet and however, you know, you, you want to package that is important. So whether it's, it's a private coaching experience or group coaching, um, I think it's important that you're constantly leveling up learning um, and so you definitely, when you hire someone, you want to ask them like, what is it? Or when you go with a group or a program, like, how is that program up leveling and what are their goals and vision? Cause you want there to be alignment and, and you want to make sure you're, you're motivated and you're getting, um, you're just on the right track. So I do think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. So what, what's one thing that, that you've learned in the last month about either your life, your career, your business that has completely changed your perspective on anything? Uh, let me, let me, hold on. Let me think for a second. What's something recently that I've learned that's changed my perspective on everything. So yeah, one, one thing in the last month or recently doesn't have to be the last 30 days about either life, your career, your business that has completely changed your perspective. I would say, um, we're going to go with business and well, I guess I'll do two. I'll do a personal and a business. One of our core values in my company is balance. So I always have to make sure that my conversations are well-rounded because I could just talk about business all day. I love it so much. Um, so I'll give two examples. I'll start with the personal one. Uh, the personal one is pretty simple. And that's like to take time off um, and make sure that you have a block in your schedule, whether it's a day um, or as, you know, however, a block of time where you're not focusing on business. And that's hard for me and a lot of um, successful entrepreneurs, especially if you grow something. I mean, I'm a builder, so I'll, you know, I'll die a builder. This is what I do. I make things. And so I love creating and it's important that I pause and, and take breaks. Um, so one way I try to do that is, is make sure I have days in my schedule where I'm not you know, posting a story on social or where I'm not doing business whether it's a weekend or I've got boundaries for working hours. And so that's not necessarily new, but I would say transformative in my ability to be my best self and show up as a better CEO is a reflection of my ability to step back and make sure that I'm spacing and distancing myself um, from my business. So I think that's important. And sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll find ourselves in our, in our company, like teaching our clients the opposite for those that need to step more into it. So it is interesting to, all right, step in, but then step out and creating those boundaries. And, and that's a very nuanced conversation depending on your, your level and your goals. Um, but finding time and space outside of your business is important as I've grown and, and um, created more revenue and, and a larger team. On the business side, I'd say one of the most impactful things that I've learned is that um, everything that I do um, can be taught and done by somebody else. And my number one goal is to work myself out of every job I do. And I'm, I'm on track. Can you explain that last piece a little bit more? Um, yep. Got me so I, I want to fill everything I do with someone who's better than me. So I'm constantly training my staff to giving them all my secrets I've got a staff that sells for me. I've got a staff that coaches for me. I've got a staff that does operations for me. I've got a staff that does content for me. So my goal is to not work in, you know, not doing things in my business. My goal is to be able to steer the ship and step out. And I will be able to do that more as the visionary, which is what I'm best at. 
if I can make sure I've got you know, the right people in the roles who are able to do not just what I do, but they can do it better than me with my leadership. So it's, you know, speaking of mindset, really shifting and creating an environment and experience for my staff where I am working myself out of every job um, so that it can be replaced and I can have other people operating for me. And that's, that's what scaling truly is. I love that. So the, the idea, and, and this works for, you know, I'm going to say the word coach, but you know, we're all coaches. We're either coaching our, our patients, you know, on uh, for, uh, for me, physical therapy and exercises and, and how to heal their body. Uh, and then, you know, for dietitians, uh, we have nutrition coaching, of course. So I think it's the difference between thinking yourself and labeling yourself as the coach versus having a coaching company. Right. And I think that's, that's a, a distinction there, right. Where, um, and, and I think the, the first thing that comes in a lot of people's minds and, and you kind of alluded to this earlier was basically the idea of like, well, you know, some people might not, it's, it's hard for some people to give up, you know, who they are, what they've labeled themselves as, and think that they're the only ones that can do what they do. So for, for, I'm curious for you, is that something that initially you struggled with or was it really easy to let go of? Uh, yeah. What, what was it that like for you? Yeah. Super easy for me to let go. I'm actually much better at letting go than I am at um, actually running operations. That's my weakness. Um, operations just basically means how does the business work from day to day? And it's pretty typical for somebody to be really good at one thing and not as good at another thing. So I'm heavy on the sales and marketing and, and vision. I'm weaker on uh, the operations and um, tactically, how do you make things work? Um, setting up policies and processes, making sure there is a policy, making sure it's being followed, management, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I've always been really good. I remember when we ramped up big time in 2020 and I was really good at taking one of my coaches and making her a lead coach and just having her pr provide fulfillment, meaning she did the coaching and I trained her and I had no issue with it. I, you know, she became a mini me. And to this day, everybody on my team, I teach them to be me. That is the, the culture of my business. Now there's var variations in different shades of me, right? So I want someone to maintain their identity, but also have versions of the company and that that's the core values of the company. So you're able to maintain what we represent as a company, but you are replicating the success that I've created. And so I don't have an issue with that because I'm clear on our vision and where the company is going. And in order to you know disrupt the industry and create more private practitioners, we have to make sure that we are educating dietitians, we're inspiring dietitians, we're creating operators, we're helping current operators maintain. And so I think that it's easier for me to go back to your question, was it hard? Not hard for me to let go because I know I know what it looks like. I know, I know where we're going, right? And so my mission and vision are helping me uh, have no problem with letting other people come in and coach and letting other people come in and sell. Um, what I have a harder time with, I, I do struggle with management and delegation. And, and again, just keeping up with the checks and balances and, and processes is harder for me um, on, a, on a tactical level. But I, I love letting people, I, I'm just dying for people to take over my responsibilities. Yeah, I feel the same way as you. And I'm curious because I've had several conversations with people that they're, they, they say they want one thing and they're like, oh, I, I definitely want to have that financial freedom. I want to have that time freedom and I want to be able to, you know, get X, Y, and Z. Uh, but they also have a hard time feeling the same way that you and I do about, about, uh, building a team of leaders, right. That, that basically do, do the things that you suck at way better than you so that you can go ahead and, and help more people. So what would you say? And, and I have, you know, some thoughts, but what would you say is, is the reason why people have who say that want that, right. They have a desire for more, but they're also really fearful of, of letting, letting go. Another great question. I think that's the second best question, except for the, the after the first one, which is well, what makes people, you know, the most successful. So um, excellent reflection. I would say in my experience with our clients, um, what, what gets in the way where, why there is this disconnect with where they want to go and what they need to do to get there is that that's essentially the question is that they don't have a clear enough vision. Um, it's not even half baked. They don't even know where they want to go. They haven't written it on the wall. It's not right here. So the most successful clients to go back to that full circle and they, they know 
what it looks like. They know where they want to go. They need help with how to get there, but they have a vision. So the more that we can spend time thinking, what is it that you want to do? Oh, you want to transform lives? Okay. Let's kind of define that a little bit more. Let's get really clear on your contributions. So we've got one client, a dietitian boss alumni, Maya Bach, and she wants to create an animal sanctuary, right? And that might sound like a really far off goal. And, and she's vegan and she helps vegan moms have a healthy, feel good pregnancy, right? And so she's doing that now and that's great. And her long-term goal is not necessarily monetary. It's opening up an animal sanctuary and having that be clear. And we worked on that together over a year of, of her being in the program, right? Getting really clear on like her vision has helped her on those days that are difficult, make sure that what she's doing now is lining up to reach that end goal. And so I think more people that spend more time, not just with something like an annual goal, I want to make six figures, but really thinking big picture about your contributions and the legacy you want to leave. And then articulating that the same way you articulate your why, hey, I'm doing this because my brother has autism. I'm doing this because I grew up morbidly obese and I've lost hundred pounds and I help people do that. Right. So carrying that story around and telling it both stories of your, why you're doing this in like the vision of your company is going to help you connect the dots and get there faster. When people lack either one of those or both, um, I find that those people are the ones that drop the ball. They don't stay focused. And so if they spend more time on vision, then they're more likely to be aligned with their actions. If they support themselves in a community of like-minded people because you can easily drop the ball and get lost and have that shiny object syndrome if you're not on that path and you don't have that accountability, right? So I see accountability being really important, myself included, right? Those checks, those balances, doing those things I don't want to do because even though I'm a seven-figure earner, I still have areas I don't love. I don't love process, right? So if I don't have accountability for what I'm not good at, which is you know, developing processes and sticking with those same processes in my own company, then I, I, I have to tell myself the same thing. My vision, right? What's my vision? Okay, I'm going to transform the field of dietitians. I want to create more private practitioner operators. Okay, I'll do process, right? So it's no different than when you're looking at your own day-to-day and you're looking at how you can set goals and, and stay on track. Yeah, that, that's, that's huge. And, you know, kind of aligned with what you just said, um, I feel like when we kind of switch that focus from self versus, you know, how, when we, when we basically remove ourselves from the equation and focus on the people that we're serving, right. That is a part of the bigger vision. We're able to then just let go of the ego, right. That holds us back from, from being able to, to create whatever you want to create really it's, you know, it's, it's, there, there is no limit. So, uh, I think that that's, that's big. What is, so I'm curious for you now talking about vision, what, what are your plans for your life and business in the next five years? Yeah. Well, the first thing is that I want to be able to serve 10,000 dietitians and uh, I have that on my website, right? So it's called a big, hairy, audacious goal. I want to be able to help 10,000 dietitians and document that and so we're working on mechanisms of how we can keep track of all that. I want to help 10,000 dietitians help a million consumers. So in order for more dietitians to help more consumers, we need to create more scalable offers. That means less of the one-on-one, more groups, more memberships, more courses, more opportunities to help more people at scale, right? People are out there and want that help. And so we have to be, uh, we have to be the answer to their needs to help transform them. So in order to really disrupt the field and, and increase that percentage of private practitioner owners, right? Not only just starting a practice, but maintaining it. Um, it, you know, it's important for me to have that team to replicate the methodology, right? We've got a trademark methodology that works a four part framework. So to be able to help more people at different levels throughout their journey in private practice, um, it's, it's really important that we've got a, a strong team that can be able to provide that fulfillment for them. So, uh, in the next five to 10 years, uh, we'll be able to, that's the goal is to help 10,000 people to expand uh, the team of dietitian boss and to really help our methodology be applied um, by more dietitians. And then uh, we, we do have some future goals, which I won't go into today. But if you follow me on Instagram and my website at Libby Rothschild and, and LibbyRothschild.com, I'll announce more of our vision. But for now, um, I will say helping more people and growing the team 
so that private practice can be seen as more common and less of um, something that's just, you know, the black sheep of dietetics is definitely what we're here to do. Amazing, Libby. Thank you so much. Um, and I know you kind of threw in a few places where people could find you already. Uh, but is there do you have any resources uh, that might be on your website, but any resources that uh, for any dietitians out there who are listening to say like, oh, my goodness, like yep. Libby's a genius. Where do I find more of her stuff? Where, where can they go ahead and get that? Absolutely. So there's, um, you can check out LibbyRothschild.com and on the upper right hand corner, we've got three guides. Uh, one of the most popular questions we get is uh, licensing and compliance for virtual practice. So we've got a guide that our lawyer developed, which is um, people really like it. So you can go ahead and grab that for free, kind of get clear on the direction of, of practice and scope of practice um, in this virtual world, right? Then we also have two other free guides on my website. Uh, they're about identifying and defining your business, which is what I'm known for. And the other one is just setting up your Instagram profile for success and making sure that you are setting up a system for client attraction on Instagram. So those three free guides can be found at LibbyRothschild.com. Also, I'm new uh, on YouTube, so you can check out some videos there. I've got a share of client stories, tips and tricks. My podcast, Dietitian Boss, hosted by me and my team. Uh, we come out with two to three episodes every week, post on Instagram at Libby Rothschild every day. And then, of course, if you're serious and looking for support, our program is um, it's a transformative experience for those of you who are either beginning and you're looking for the foundational framework or you're already in operation and you want to scale up. Um, for either one of those two people listening, uh, reach out and we'll, we'll see if uh, there's an opportunity and a fit uh, to support your next steps. Get all her stuff. Buy all her stuff. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Livy, for your time. Uh, this was an amazing. Uh, don't tell anyone else, but one of my favorite interviews so far. Oh, uh, so <laughs> it was a pleasure. I I very much enjoyed that um, being on. So thank thank you for taking the time and and chatting with me. It's been an absolute pleasure on my end. Absolutely. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn how to build a successful business. So I have something special just for you. If you are a healthcare expert who is in business or is aspiring to be, and you're curious about how to grow a profitable, impactful business, then you are going to want to pay attention because as a listener of this show, I want you to win. So I've created a bundle of resources exclusively for the listeners of Healthcare Business Radio. If you are tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing, and sales all on your own, and you are ready to implement what's already proven to work, rather than reinventing the wheel, you are going to want to head over to healthcarebusinessradio.com forward slash insider. And there you will find over $7,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching that is only available for listeners of this show. So if you want to know how to increase your income, impact more people, and build a business that works for the lifestyle that you want and that serves your family at the highest possible level, head over to healthcarebusinessradio.com forward slash insider right now so you can win big in your healthcare business and in life.